All right, how y'all doing? Good? Amazing. Jasper, you're the best, bro. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's dive in, guys. I, um, I loved talking to you about honor last week. Um, and I feel like you kind of took some of it away. Because I heard a few people afterwards, um, maybe jokingly, at Applebee's say something about culture of honor. Um, and then I've heard it a little bit on Sunday mornings, I've heard it throughout, but I really wanted to hit this home with you. Not because I don't think you got it yet, but because I don't think you got it yet. <laughs> There's just an opportunity that we have, um, it's just an opportunity that we have as a youth group, as a church, as River of Life, as ROL Youth, as we um, grow and change and desire to be like Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what he did to live in honor. And given that, um, I just wanted to make sure that we saw it from all sides, okay? So with a little bit of uh, preface there, we're gonna dive back into um, some of the points that we did in the past, right? So right now we're on this journey, right, of spiritual formation where we're looking to what? Ready? We're going to be like Jesus? Why? We've never answered that one yet. Why? Yeah, go Cole. Absolutely. But that's that part right there where we say become like Jesus and be with him. There's, there's, uh, there's one more that I'm thinking in my head. The reason why we want to do this is so that we can change the world. I don't know about you, but I am not yet in the mindset. They say as you get older, you get to this mindset where you can't change the world. It's just too big. Too many people. I'm not there yet. I like to think that I'm still uh, sometimes sixth grade Cole stuck in 24-year-old Cole's body. And I really feel like I can change the world. There's stuff that we can really impact change in. And one way that we can do it really well is by honoring the people around us. Um, so we talked about how we're changed, right? Because first we have to change before we can change anything else, right? How we're changed. We're changed through prayer. We're changed through spiritual reading. And we are changed through the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit a little bit. But we need to talk about the Holy Spirit more, I think, because... Uh, it's really like that secret ingredient that just makes it all come alive. And then we talked about community, and tonight we're going to talk about kind of like community part two. That just didn't ever work. Culture of honor. This is the concept that we laid out last week where we said, what would it look like if in our church, in our home, in our families, in our schools, we lived out of a culture of honor. We lived out of a place of honor. We brought forth honor in our relationships. We brought forth honor in our language. We brought forth honor in our minds. We brought forth honor in our activities and the things that we do. What would it look like? What would happen if we did that? Yes, we would change the world. We would really, really impact not just our schools, our families, our churches, our places of work. We would start to impact all of the people around those people too. It's as simple as if I'm really kind to my wife and she feels honored by me, all of a sudden she's going to want to go honor the people around her. 
And if she honors the people around her, then they're going to want to honor the people around them. Oh my goodness. What do they say? Is it like seven people and you know everyone on the planet? Something like that? Somebody who's a leader, help me. Have you ever heard that before? Huh? Yeah. If you go seven people away from me, so me to Zach, someone that Zach knows that I don't know, someone that that person knows that Zach doesn't know, and so on. So for seven people, you can in some way be like basically connected to the whole world. It doesn't really make sense, but it does. It's a thing. People have like done the research and like it works somehow. Maybe you want to Google that so you can better understand it because I don't. <laughs> Um, but in the, the idea of community and a culture of honor, we're changed by the people around us, both for the good and the bad, right? And you change the people around you, both for the good and the bad. And let's be honest, it's not always for the good, because even myself, I know that even sometimes I'm changing the people around me, not for the good. And I say even myself, like I'm up here on a pedestal, because I literally am. But just me, Cole Anderson, changes people, not Cole, not Cole Burdeen, Cole Anderson, for dying, you know, it's just an it's Anderson, so. Even we can change people, not even, but like I change people both for good and bad, right? I'm hoping that I'm impacting your life in a good way nine times out of 10, maybe even more like 99.9% .9 of 100. So there's like maybe a chance that I don't at one point, but then later on I do. <laughs> but also sometimes for the bad, whether it's something that I say to someone or something you say to someone or just a, a moment of angst and anger that the Holy Spirit hasn't shifted yet in you, right? But we went to this verse right here in Romans 12, 9 through uh, 13, talking about a culture of honor. We're still kind of in review of last week. So who has their Bibles? Yeah, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans 12, which is... Not in the soap reading for today, I don't think, but I think it is tomorrow. Remember to stick with your soap reading because it's going to change your life. What is, when we went back, if let's, let's go back a second here. Props. Um, let's go back just a second. When we talked about um, divine or spiritual reading, right? We said that just doing that one thing, just reading your Bible intentionally to connect with God will absolutely and entirely change the way that you see the world forever. Right? Did everybody catch that when we talked about it last time? If you didn't, catch it now. Make sure that you're bringing your notebooks back and your Bibles, because if you're not, then you're not able to write this down, and then all of a sudden you forgot about it in the middle of the week. But you can listen back to it. Uh, you can search RL Youth on Spotify and find the podcast. <laughs> Shameless one. Not actually. I just put them there for my mom, actually. <clears throat> and your parents. Most of your parents. My mom did listen to all of them today and told me, and I really felt small and scared. So she's going to hear me saying all this, and then she's going to laugh and call me. I love you, Mom. <clears throat> all right, Romans 12, 9 through 13. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves, right? So we stopped at this verse. Look at it. I found a fancy laser pointer on this clicker thing. Honor one another above yourselves. What does that mean? We have to live selfless lives where we constantly put the other person first. It doesn't say honor your father and mother above yourselves. It doesn't say honor your siblings above yourselves. It doesn't say honor your friends above yourselves. It doesn't say honor people you like. It doesn't say honor the government. It doesn't say honor authority. It says honor one another. Honor everyone 
above yourselves. And then going on, we say, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, meaning keep serving the Lord. Stay excited about reading your Bible. Keep praying. Why stop? What's the point in stopping? Because if you stop, you're going to get stuck, and you don't want to get stuck. Be joyful in hope, patient when you're afflicted or patient when you're going through all of the crap that life throws at you. Be faithful in the way that you pray. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. So give to those that are in need. Someone up, comes up to you and they're like, I just had a terrible week and I didn't bring a dollar so I can't get one of these drinks. Dude, that's an opportunity to honor that person and share with someone who is in need. Maybe they don't actually like need the money, but in that moment they kind of needed a little encouragement. Practice hospitality, which would be like doing something like that. Okay? That's what we talked about last week. These were the three points. Change doesn't start with how you're treated by others. It starts with the way that you honor others. So you want to change the world? Start honoring other people. Honor those that are different from you. Pretty straightforward. Be the first one to admit that you're wrong and step back into honor. So don't be afraid to have hard conversations, to step into uncomfortable situations, to live in uh, a moment of confrontation and conflict for the sake of stepping back into honor, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah, sorry. A lot of words. We're going to go through it really quick here. Not really, really quick. But we're in Mark 2, okay? So now turn your Bibles from Romans 12 to Mark 2. Sorry, if you just found it, Mark, it would go Matthew, Mark, second book in the New Testament. Chapter 2 is the second chapter in, in the book, obviously. And then 1 through 12, this is, a, this is where we're going to hang out for just a second, okay? So it's not easy to honor your friends, but have you ever tried honoring people that are different from you? Because that's a whole other level of hard. <laughs> well, let's talk about it for a second. So it says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, so he was like gone, and then he came back to Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So you come back to this place, right? Everybody there with their Bibles? I don't want to get too far ahead of you. All right, you're going to find it, I trust you. And if you can't, you can read it on the screen. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room for, left for them. Not even outside the door. So he And he preached the word to them. So basically, if you envision this, these little houses, they weren't very big. So when they say they gathered in so much large numbers, could have been 100 people, could have been 200. But probably not like much more than what's gathered here because their houses in Capernaum, in the Bible, in the early New Testament, right? They were probably not much bigger than like this section, if not smaller, right? Pretty simple one room. Maybe two, but not actually a real wall, just some like sticks to divide, right? Really straightforward. They had like maybe a fireplace inside to provide heat when it was cold. They had a place where you would like sleep. They had a place where they would kind of eat, but not a table because they basically just ate on the ground in a circle, right? Really straightforward. So if all of you packed into that house and it's this big, all of a sudden it's full. This is like 45, 50 people, almost 50. Okay. There's 50 chairs in this section. And then there was so many, because this whole other group tried to gather in the house too, that they're all around it. They're right outside the door. They just got to hear what Jesus has to say. So Jesus is standing over at one end or in the middle or whatever, and he's sharing with these people. And then here's, here comes the part that I want to highlight for you. Some men came, 
bringing to him a paralyzed man. So we're halfway through here if you're following on the screen. Where do we go? Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. So at least four people carrying the paralyzed man, but it says some men came. It didn't say four men came carrying the paralyzed man. It says some men. So probably a few more than four, maybe six, maybe five. Hard to say exactly. Since they could not get to him, get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. Okay, so this is the house. The roofs aren't very tall, and they're sometimes made of sticks. So, I mean, for a second here, you got to think, like, were they really honoring the guy that owned the house by, like, digging a hole through his roof? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they put it back afterwards. Let's like, yeah, they did. They knew how to honor people, so they put it back afterwards, okay? But they dig this hole in the guy's roof, and then they lower him down. So they must have had some ropes tied onto that thing or something, but if I was a paralyzed guy, I'd be a little bit nervous that I was going to get paralyzed all over again when they tried to lower me into that space, right? But this is the part that I want you to catch the most, right here. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. And then as you go on through this passage, we can read it really quick. Let's just go through the rest and then we'll come back. Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. So the Holy Spirit spoke to Jesus and he was like, these people, they, they don't get it. They're, they're not putting two and two together. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. So he said both, son, your sins are forgiven to this guy who was like lowered into sinner, but he also said the other part that was Get up, take your mat, and walk. Go home. So that man took up, got up. He carried, took that mat that he was lowered in on. He walked out in full view of all of them. So let's talk again about how many people were there. Fifty plus like another fifty or more, and they just kind of like parted like like the sea, and they just he walked right out through them. And they were like, this guy couldn't walk. He probably was like wearing a bunch of blankets and stuff because he couldn't really like put clothes on if he couldn't move his body at all. And he just stood up and walked out. This amazed everyone. They praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. But let's go backwards. Back to this part. So now you know the miracle, right? This paralyzed man was healed. He had the opportunity to walk. Now let's go backwards to Jesus saw their faith. Right here. Guys, this is, this is like, it's changing my world right now. That guy doesn't talk about his faith at all. It doesn't say that he believed and so he was healed. In different passages, when, when Jesus uh, heals people, um, he heals someone with uh, a long-standing bleeding disorder, and she touches his cloak, and so she is healed by her faith that Jesus can heal her. This guy, he didn't maybe have any faith. He didn't maybe have enough to ask his friends to bring him there. We don't really know the, the entire background of it. We can't really say like, oh, he was having a bad day or like wasn't feeling or whatever. We don't know that. But 
what we do know is that it doesn't say Jesus saw, like, his faith or the faith of, you know, two or three of them. He said he, Jesus saw all of their faith as a group. So it wasn't just one person's faith. It wasn't just two people's faith. It was the group's faith that caused Jesus to say to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. So I want to, that's basically what I just said. It was a group that carried this man in faith. But I want to look at this idea, and I ran out of time to type it, so I just wrote it real quick. Our faith, our love, and the way that we honor people will change our friends' lives, but it will also change everyone else. Because if you go back to this passage, I'm going to go all the way back. Here we go. If you go back to this passage, it says right here, some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Did that paralyzed guy have any friends? It doesn't say some friends carrying a paralyzed man brought this guy before Jesus or a paralyzed man's friends brought him before Jesus. It doesn't say anything about their relationship. And I'm kind of reading between the lines, but I think that's because there wasn't one. I think that's because there were four or more people who wanted to honor someone and who believed and had faith enough in Jesus, this guy who was healing people and teaching radical things and trying to change the world or actively changing the world. I truly believe that they, they knew this paralyzed man they came in contact with him probably at some point throughout their lives. And they said, dang, there's really nothing we can do. We can pray for him. We can, wait, what if we take him to Jesus? What if we get him to church? What if we get him in front of this teacher? Maybe he has an answer. This is changing my, my world because honestly, guys, if I'm, if I'm like completely 100% Honest with you. I hate inviting people to church. I hate it. I mean, sure, like, I can invite one of you because I'm like, oh, you gotta come back to youth. You've already been here once. Like, I know you want to be there. But, like, so many opportunities in the past two weeks that I've kind of just. They're, they're blowing past me like if I'm going down the road on a motorcycle with this hat on, it's just flying off. That's how fast they're just going past me. I, I just don't like doing it. And it's probably because I hadn't ever looked at this this way. It's probably because I never thought that it would actually change someone's life if I got them in the same room as Jesus. Because, yeah, Cooper, your heart matters. You have to want to be here. But if you had five friends come around you and you didn't want to be here and they said, dude, you need to be with Jesus, it's going to change you. He's going to heal you. He's going to touch you. He's going to do something in your life that you can't experience without him. Then I think you'd probably come. I mean, I, I, I would come. Would you come? Would you come, Grace? Where'd you go? 
Why don't you honor the people around you? Why don't I honor the people around me by telling them to come and be with Jesus? It's not the building. It's not me. It's not Elliot. It's not Colin. It's not Pastor Dave. It's not Jessica. It's not the other Jessica. It's not our kids' workers. It's not our sound guys. It's not the microphone. That's not what changes people. What I say or don't say through a microphone isn't going to change your life. It can inspire you. It can challenge you. It can push you to be a better version of yourself. But because Jesus is here, because the Holy Spirit is here, because God ordained this moment in time for you to be in this room with us, for you to connect your eyes onto mine or to someone else in this room and know that that's the Holy Spirit inside of me right now. He's what's making me feel anxiously excited. He's what's making my face feel warm or tears welling up in my eyes. Because he's here, your life doesn't have to be as difficult as it might be without him. Sure, there is so much crap in your lives. Your parents could be fighting. Your sibling could be dying. Someone could have cancer. Someone could be having surgery. Someone could be in a car accident. There is so much crap. You go to your school, there could be drugs, there could be pornography, there could be a group of friends that continues to call you names that you are not. But when you come into this space, when you have an opportunity for the people around you to honor you, and when you honor other people, despite your circumstances, And when we have prayer, and when we have the Holy Spirit, and when we have reading of the Bible, and community like this, stepping into community with people that want to go to the same place. I really believe that, Elliot, you want to go to the same place as I do. I really believe that not just heaven, you want to know Jesus better, and that's why you come. I really believe that Carson, you want to know Jesus better and that's why you show up. I really believe that Levi, you want to know Jesus better and that's why you're in this room. Tristan, Zach, Brecken, Mason, Zach again. I really believe that you're in this room because you want to grow closer to Jesus. Not because your parents made you. Not because it's a good idea. Not because you might maybe learn or grow or become a better person or you found some cool friends or we have a hat that says, are well you done. Guys, this is really kind of meaningless in some ways, but it's only fun because it's a tool to invite your friends, maybe. Come here and bring your Bible and bring your notebook 
Impress him because you can. Because you can. I was talking to somebody today. They've gone through a lot of crap. Probably more than most people in this room combined. Okay? Or most of you at least combined if you're still under 18. And it goes, yeah, that's a cool testimony, and it really is. And I'm really glad that Jesus is in their life, that he's changing them and making them better. But your simple life that hasn't been hard yet, or your parents have always been Christians, or you're like, wow, do they ever fight? Or ever fight more than, like, disagreeing and not talking on the way to church? <laughs> that is not... A bad story is a platform to start on. Don't disqualify yourself or say that at some point you're going to like get your girlfriend pregnant and so then you're going to need Jesus because holy crap, that's a lot. Or you're the girlfriend that got pregnant and then you're going to need Jesus because you have a lot of hard decisions to make. Yeah, you're going to need Jesus in that moment, but you need him first so that that crap doesn't have to be in your life. So that you don't have to make stupid decisions. Show up and try because you can. Show up and pursue him because you can. Because I can't the way that I could when I was your age. Senior year is hard. There is a lot of school, there's a lot of reading, there's a lot of work, your parents want you to get a job, you've got to pick a college, you've got to pick a degree. It's a whole world apart from sixth grade. But as soon as you get out of college and you take on a job and you have a wife and you get a kid, like myself, that's a whole world apart from senior year. That is nothing compared to what you think is hard right now. And I'm not trying to make small on your life, life at all. I'm saying, Push now, because you won't be able to push as hard later. You're in sixth grade? Dude, be in the front row, because it will change your life. Yeah. And when it does change your life, go tell your friends by honoring them. Go tell your parents by honoring them. Yeah. Go tell your classmates, your teachers, whoever you need to. You don't have to say, oh, Jesus died on a cross to save you from your sins. You don't have to leave with that at all. That's not for everyone to, to lead with. But it is for all of us to lead with honor. Be a leader. For you football players, be a leader on and off the field. Watch your mouth. Respect your parents. Like, be real in those situations. Start to change the world right where you are. Because if you wait... Till you're up in front of people like me, you won't be able to do the same things that you can now. And that's not just time. That's like energy, that's influence, it all changes. Let's go back to sixth grade girls for a second. You guys are all in sixth grade. Next year you all be seven, eight, nine, and twelve, right? All the way through. By twelfth grade. Statistically speaking, like three of you are left. Actually coming to church. Actually living in community. Actually honoring each other. Sports happens, school happens. I get it. It's a lot. 
do you want to just be three? Don't be three. Yeah, three people can change the world. But don't stop. Because after you get out of 12th grade, sure you can have college and whatever, but your influence changes because everyone else has everything else to distract them about. Push now. Chase Jesus now. Because it will change your life forever. So, I want you to go into small groups tonight with the intention of this. One, community doesn't always have to be a serious, intense, cold, almost cried moment. Okay? I say almost because I don't cry. Two, you can have fun. I want you to have fun. I'm not saying all of this because I think you're having too much fun. I'm not saying all this because I don't think you take it seriously. I'm saying all this because I want you to really, really get it. And I'm going to pick on the sixth grade girls one more time. Seventh grade, you're pretty good about it too. And you were totally super good about it last year. Bring your Bibles and your notebooks. Push in hard. If a bunch of sixth grade girls can do it, you guys can do it too. You all have Bibles. I handed them to you. And if I haven't, I'll hand them to you again. You all have notebooks. I handed them to you. They're not here because you left them in your backpack, because they're in the car and you forgot to grab them. Fine. But more than 50% of the room should have them if you really want to push hard. More than 75% of the room should have them if you really want to push hard. Yeah. Don't leave it up to somebody else to push into the moment. Okay, and then lastly, the Holy Spirit is in every single situation that you are in, if you believe in Jesus. If you have, and I'm going back to this for a second, if you have a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, and you're just a little bit too attached to them, he's still inside of you while you do whatever you do. If you have a computer, a phone, or whatever, that you're looking at things that you know, like, I probably shouldn't, but I do it all the time now, so whatever. He's still inside of you when you do those things. If you have a TV screen that you watch and you shouldn't, he's still inside of you. When you're not honoring someone, he's still inside of you. And yes, on the flip side, when you are honoring people, when you are living for Jesus, when you are stepping into the right moments, when you're believing and trusting that everything you do is walking by faith and led by the Spirit, He is inside of you. But guys, don't wait. Have fun. Enjoy your high school years. Enjoy your middle school years. Find friends. Go to prom. Do all the things. Whatever it is that you do. Come to MIC though. Because when you push into the things that really, really matter, that I'm, I know I say it, your leaders say it, your parents, maybe your parents don't, maybe your friends do, I don't know who's saying it to you. But when you push into the things that really matter, now, while you can, they will change your life. Yeah. Ellie, do you want your life changed? 
I feel like you're doing a lot of things right already. Don't you think you bring your Bible, you like really nice to your friends, you have friends? I think <laughs> you do. But your life can still change. You can still push harder. You can still go deeper. You can still focus in more. Guys, I want to see this group of people not grow. I'm not saying this because I want to add five more rows onto the back of the chairs. I'm saying this because I want you to go so deep in Jesus that I don't have to have hard conversations with you that I don't want to have. That I don't have to find out through Facebook that you did something you shouldn't have. That you don't have to be on the raw end of some ungodly circumstance. Go deep in Jesus now because you can. All right. I'm sorry. I'll stop. But I hope that when we step into moments like this, when we have opportunities to experience the Holy Spirit and experience a moment of his movement and his leading and prompting, that at least you know that I like love you all. For some of you, it might look like me and you're like, oh, that's like an older brother or my dad or whatever. I don't really care how you see it in your head. A buddy, a friend, I love you all very, very dearly. And I just don't want you to waste time because it's not worth it. I did it. I wasted time. Sixth through eighth grade. Ninth. I don't know. And then again in 11th and 12th. I didn't think in 10th grade was good. I wasted time though. I could have gone so deep in Jesus. I could have been so far further, whatever you want to say. But I started by putting porn first. And then I put girls first. And it took me I don't know how long, until I went to college, I guess, or whatever, to really realize that, like, the clock is ticking, and you can't just keep screwing around if you really want to know Jesus. I'm not saying you aren't, but yeah. So let's go to small group. Let's honor each other. Let's honor that time. Let's press into Jesus, and then let's come out of it, and not be afraid to have a good time with each other too. Come on Friday night. Registered or not, register now. Just so I know that I have enough food, please. Come on Friday night and have a good time with us. We're literally just having fun the whole night long. Because that's being with people in community and finding Jesus too.